You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. I'm so thankful that we can call Good Friday good because of what Jesus did for us. Amen. Come on, it wasn't good for Jesus what he had to endure in going to the cross, but it was good for us because Jesus conquered sin, he conquered death, he conquered hell, he conquered the grave, amen? You know what Good Friday reminds me of? It reminds me that our God can take the worst day and he can redeem it and turn it into a good day. Come on, he can take the worst day, he can take the worst season, he can take the worst day of your life and he can redeem it and turn it into something that we can call good. God took the worst day on planet Earth seemingly, the day that humanity crucified the sinless, precious son of God, and he redeemed it and turned it into the best day, the greatest day, a day that we can now call Good Friday because our sins are forgiven. Come on, the curse of sin is broken off of our lives, and it gets even better because it's a Good Friday, but we know that Sunday is coming. Come on, somebody. Sunday's coming, and we're going to get up and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ we got an even better day coming that we're going to celebrate. But tonight, we're, going to, we're gathered here to remember what Jesus did on the cross and to celebrate his victory. Because how many of you know it was a victory? It wasn't a loss. It was a victory because he reversed the curse of sin, reversed the curse of death. He conquered, he conquered sin. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and this world, world's interest in me has also died. Paul said, the, the, the power of my ministry, the one thing I will boast in is the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where the real power is. He said, it's the cross of Jesus Christ that has broken the grip of this world off of my life. And so I'll boast in that. Church, that's what we're here to do tonight. We're going to boast in the power of the cross. Come on, we're here to make much of the cross of Jesus Christ. We're here to celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ on the cross, that very first Good Friday. We're here to talk about the power of the cross and how it can transform our lives. And what I want to do tonight is I want to talk to you about three truths of the cross Three simple but powerful truths of the cross. I want to talk to you about the cross by us, the cross for us, and the cross in us. Now, tonight's message is going to be interactive, okay? I know we got some kids in the room as well, and so you're going to have an opportunity to, report, to, to respond to each one of these points, okay? The, me, the message is broken down into three points, and so tonight I want to just invite you to come and not just be a, a spectator, but prepare to be a participator, amen? We're gonna worship together all throughout this service. So first, I wanna talk to you about the cross bias. Three truths about the cross, the cross bias. You know, we've gotten so used to associating the cross with Christ, we call it the cross of Christ, that we forget whose cross it really is. We see paintings of Jesus on the cross. We see crucifixes. We see mosaics. We see people with necklaces, and and we see there's Jesus, right, Uh, on the cross. And we're so used to associating the cross with him that we sometimes forget whose cross it really was. In fact, Isaiah reminds us. I want to show you a scripture, Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah was a prophet who centuries before the coming of Christ prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. He prophesied about the one who would come and save God's people from their sins. And and he envisioned the Messiah as a suffering servant. Look at this, Isaiah chapter 53, verses four through six. He says this, surely he took up 
our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Did you catch how many times Isaiah said us and we in our, like Isaiah reminds us of whose cross it really is. It was our cross. It was the cross by us. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid upon Jesus, upon the sinless son of God, the iniquity of us all, the cross by us. Let me ask you this question. Has somebody ever covered for you before? Come on, anybody ever bailed you out, covered for you, cleaned up your mess? I mean, literally or figuratively. You ever have a good friend who covered for you and got you out of a mess? I remember when I was in Bible college, uh, one year I got a job waiting tables at Applebee's. Come on, eating good in the neighborhood. Good old Applebee's. <laughs> we used to call it Apple Sleeves. I worked at Applebee's and I remember my first day on the job after I was done training. If you've ever been a waiter or a waitress before, you follow another waiter, you learn how to take orders, you learn how to run, you know, run back to the kitchen and bring orders. There's a rhythm to it, you know? You learn how to carry a bunch of plates in your hand and multiple glasses. And on that first day, I tried a little bit too hard. I had way too many, I came out to take somebody, to deliver somebody's order, and I had way too many things on my arm, way too many plates, and I didn't, didn't have them in the right position yet. I was still learning, and as I was bringing this order to this table, I spilled a bowl of soup in a lady's lap and she was wearing a black dress on the way to a funeral. She was on the road traveling and I had that bowl in the wrong spot. It fell right onto her lap and let's just say she was not happy with me, okay? If it was Friday, it wasn't a good Friday for me that day. She was not happy. And my manager came out and he said, you're done waiting at that table. Your job now is to go hide in the back of the kitchen while I cover this, okay? He didn't fire me. He understood it was my first day on the job. But he understood that lady does not want to see your face for the rest of the time she's in this restaurant. And what did he do? He went and took the verbal abuse and apologized and comped the meal and did all that stuff. Do you see it? He covered my mess. He took the heat. He took the verbal assault. He, he cleaned up what was my mess. Here's what I want you to understand tonight, church. The cross was Jesus' way of dealing with our mess. We messed it up, the mess of our sin, the mess of our shame. He cleaned it up by his grace, by his blood shed for us on the cross. Jesus' cross was, was our cross. We might even said that we forged that cross one sin at a time. In fact, both Jesus and the apostle Paul gave us another analogy. They, they talked about our sin being like a debt. Jesus, Jesus said that our sin was like a debt that we could never repay back to God. Think about it this way. It's kind of like a child who gets a hold of their parents' credit card and racks up a bill that they have no means to repay. But who has to deal with that bill? Their, their parent, right? The parent has to deal with that bill, has to sort things out, has to pay something back that that child had no ability to pay. Come on, the cross is the receipt for God's payment for our sins. You don't have to pay anymore. You're off the hook. You are forgiven. Your slate is wiped clean. Come on, the debt that you could never repay has been paid by Jesus Christ and the cross is the receipt paid in full. Paid in full. Let me tell you, it's one thing to know the cross is a symbol of love, of grace and mercy. It's one thing to sing about the cross in that way. 
as a symbol of forgiveness. It's another thing to recognize that the cross of Jesus Christ is your cross. It's my cross. It's the cross by us to, to personalize that. And so I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to sing another song. We're going to respond at this moment. And I want us to meditate for a moment on this idea of the cross as a, as a symbol of what Jesus has done for us, taken on our sin, the cross that was by, by us. We talked about the cross by us, and now we talk about point number two, the cross for us. Not only was the cross by us, it was our cross, but the cross was also for us and that Jesus sacrificed himself on our behalf. Let me show you a scripture. The apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter five, verses six to eight. He said, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. It's even rare that someone would die for someone especially good. But listen to our situation, verse eight. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Come on, while we were yet sinners, while we were away from him, while our hearts were hardened, when we weren't thinking about him, he was thinking about us. When we didn't love him, he loved us. When we were far away from him, God made the first move toward us. We were undeserving, lost. Paul tells us that Jesus loved us and gave himself for us when we least deserved it. Come on, somebody came to church on Good Friday to hear that tonight. God loved you when you least deserved it. If you're in this place and you feel undeserving tonight, let me tell you, you're in the right place because nobody in this room is deserving of what Jesus did. It's by his grace. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus went, went to the cross in our place so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be set free. Now, that's a beautiful truth, but then the question comes like, why? Why would he have to do that? Come on, who would just be honest in church and admit for a moment, maybe you've even heard this story your whole life, have you ever wondered, but like, God, why did you have to do it that way? You ever wondered that before? Like, why, why did Jesus have to come? Why did he have to go to the cross? Like, I understand the beauty of it. What a wonderful, what a powerful thing. But why, why did that have to happen that way? And I would answer it simply. I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I would say this, because that's the way the universe works. I would say, because that's the way the world works. What do I mean by that? Like, we understand the power of self-sacrifice. Think about it. When we see it, we get it. Let me give you an analogy, okay? Every parent in this room will understand this. For a child to grow up whole, you don't even have to be a parent to understand this, but parents especially. For a child to grow into a well-adjusted, whole, healthy human being, what has to happen? A parent has to essentially put their life on hold for the better part of 18 to 20 years, right? Sacrificing, giving of your time, your focus, your money. Amen, parents. Come on. You got to read a lot of books you don't really want to read to kids when they're little. You got to do a lot of laundry, a lot of dishes, a lot of cooking, a lot of cleaning. Why is it you give of yourself to sacrifice for another person so that they can grow up into wholeness and be healthy and be a well-adjusted human being? And we've all seen the opposite of what happens when a child doesn't have that, when a person doesn't have that. Do you see it? That's the power. That's the power of self-sacrifice. It's just the way the world works. It's just written into, into the, how the universe works. 
For someone else to benefit, someone else has to give. For someone to receive, someone else has to give. Self-sacrificial love, I believe, is the most powerful force on planet Earth. It always moves us. It's transformative. Whenever we see it, it always touches us, always changes us. We're moved by it when we hear stories of it. In fact, speaking of self-sacrifice, I recently heard the story of a young man named Wallace Crowther. He was a 24-year-old equities trader and volunteer firefighter from Nyack, New York, not too far away from here, Rockland County, who helped rescue several people during the 9-11 terrorist attacks. He played lacrosse at Boston College and graduated and took his first job in New York City, got a job in finance, and he ended up working on the 104th floor of the South Tower. And he was there on 9-11 when it was hit by United Flight 175. And within 12 minutes of the impact of that plane, he called his mother and he let her know, hey, mom, I'm okay. I made it. I'm going to be okay. Now, he was an equity trader, but he was a fireman at heart. In fact, his family found a mostly completed application to the FDNY at home after his, after his passing. And that day, that day from the 104th floor, he made his way down with an injured woman on his back. He went down to the 78th sky floor lobby, 78th floor sky lobby in the South Tower, where he found a group of people, survivors from the upper floors, including one woman who was severely burned. And he showed them the way to the only, only uh, stairwell that was intact in the building. And he took them down 17 flights of stairs towards safety and they got out. And then he went back up. He went back up into the smoke. He went back up into the heat. He went back up into the chaos and he rescued another group of people, brought them down, and he was last seen going back into the South Tower with the FDNY when the towers collapsed. His body was found on March 22nd, I believe, of 2002. And President Obama even honored him at the dedication of the World Trade Center Memorial. He's known as the man in the red bandana. His father gave him a red bandana when he was a kid. That became his trademark. He wore it all the time when he played sports and... And he had that bandana on as he was rescuing people. And that's how his parents found out it was him. That's how they learned what their son did. In his final hour of his life, a woman shared a story in the New York Times about the man in the red bandana who rescued her. And her parents, his parents instantly knew it was him. It was him. We hear a story like that and we're moved in our hearts, don't we? To think that this young man, 24 years old, gave his life to rescue. They say it may have been 18 people whose lives he saved that day when he ran back into the smoke, when he ran back into the flames. We see the power of self-sacrificial love and it moves our hearts. Church, here's what I want you to know tonight. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He ran back into the chaos of our sin, of our shame and our brokenness and he rescued us. He ran back into the, into the flames of hell to rescue us out of that curse, to save us. That is the power of self-sacrificial love. And we're always moved by it when we see it. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Why did it have to be that way? Because that's how the world works. No more powerful force than self-sacrificial love. And when I read the scripture, think about Jesus on the night of the Last Supper. Last night was Holy Thursday. I think about Jesus sitting around with his brothers, his disciples, the men he had done life with for the past three years, the men that he was about to turn over his legacy, his work, his mission, his church to his disciples. And he broke bread with them. And he shared the cup and he said, this is my body, which is for you. 
knowing that they didn't even fully understand what he meant, that that very night he would be arrested, that very soon he was going to the cross. He was saying to him, this is my body. I'm about to give myself for you and the greatest act of self-sacrificial love. But I want you to personalize that for a moment. I want you to see Jesus sitting there sitting there with his brothers, with his friends saying, this is my body for you, for you, Peter and Andrew, you, James and John, like giving myself for you. Even Judas, you're about to betray me. This is my body that's for you. This beautiful act of self-sacrificial love. My body's gonna be broken that you might be made whole. Tonight, we're talking about three truths of the cross. The cross by us, the cross for us, And now we come to our third and final truth, the cross in us, the cross in us. Let me just recap recap the the three truths of the cross. The cross by us, Jesus's cross was our cross. We forged that cross one sin at a time. The cross for us, Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. He took our place. He took our punishment. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we could be forgiven. Here's the thing, church. It's it's not enough just to stop at what he's done for us, what he did for us. We need to think about the ongoing work of the cross in us today, right now, on this Good Friday, every day. See, I think many of us, we, we grew up with kind of a transactional view of God. Some of us grew up in churches where we heard the gospel preached. We've, we've heard this truth of the cross before, and it went something like this. You're a sinner. You sinned. You deserve punishment. You deserve hell, but Jesus took your place, and when you place your faith in him, he saves you, and you get to go to heaven, and it's wonderful, and you have fire insurance, and everything is good. Many of us kind of heard it preached that way, and, and I understand the basic, powerful, simple truth of that. Yes, we thank God for the finished work of the cross. There's nothing that we can add to it. Your sins are paid for and the power of sin is broken. I'm thankful for the finished work of the cross, but let me tell you, the work of the cross isn't finished in us. It's not finished in us. Come on, the cross wasn't meant to be just some transactional thing, a prayer we prayed so we can go to heaven and we just kind of made a handshake business deal with God. We went to Jesus for professional sin management services. It wasn't meant to be transactional. It was meant to be transformational. Come on, can I say that to you again? The cross of Jesus Christ was not meant to be transactional. It was meant to be transformational. Religion says I'm going to do enough good things to get into God's good graces. In fact, religion even thinks I'm going to say a prayer and I did something to contribute and God is going to accept me. Do you know what the gospel shows us? You know what the cross shows us? God made the first move toward us. Jesus went to the cross and he gave his life for us and we did nothing to deserve it. He made the first move by his grace. And when we see the beauty of that, the power of that, it changes our hearts so that we want to repent. Do you get it? That's the difference between religiosity and understanding the power of the cross it's because of what Jesus did that even gives us the ability to, to repent, that, that changes us from the inside out. We see how well we've been loved. We see how, how much our life was valued by God, that he would give his one and only son for us. And that truth gets on the inside of us and changes us from the inside out so that we want to do the things of God. We want to do the things he's called us to do, to live how he's called us to live. We want to live a beautiful life in light of what he's done for us. Sometimes we just settle for forgiveness. Sometimes, tragically, we just settle for forgiveness, but God has something so much more in mind, our restoration. 
the restoration of who he intended us to be. We were made in his image. He's placed something of himself on the inside of you and me. You have inestimable worth, inestimable worth and value and dignity and purpose. And the cross says God, says God's way of saying, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. I'm getting dignity back into humanity. I'm not just forgiving them. I'm not just stopping short of, 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 of giving them a clean slate. We're thankful for that. But it's not just a transactional thing. It's a transformational thing. God says, I want to restore you back into who I intended you to be. I had something in mind when I created human beings in my image. And I'm restoring you and making you into who I intended you to be. The apostle Paul put it this way. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. He said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Come on, Paul says, I'm not even alive on my own accord now. It's not even my own strength. It's not even my own power. Come on, my identity is so wrapped up in the cross of Jesus Christ that I literally live by what he did for me. That's the power of my life. That's the source of my life. I live in this earthly body, trusting in the Son of God who loved me, who gave himself for me. Through the power of the cross, we, we died to our sinful selves and we now live for Christ as a new person. Come on, the cross changes us from the inside out. Over time, God is working in you to change your heart. Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Let me put it to you this way. Jesus didn't just come to save you from something. He came to make you into something. He came to transform you. He came to change you. He came to make you into a son, a daughter, a child of God. He is molding you. He is shaping you. Don't just settle for forgiveness. Come on, step into transformation. Embrace the ongoing work of the cross in your heart, in your life every day. I don't know about you, but we never graduate from needing the cross. <laughs> it's not just the cross by us, the cross for us, but it's the cross in us every day. Come on, it's, it's one thing to be forgiven. It's another thing to become more and more the person that God made you to be. Come on, think about that for a moment. Every now and then, you and me, we have glimpses. We have good days where we catch a glimpse of who, who God really made us to be. Come on, think about that for a moment. We're all tough on ourselves. Most of us were our own worst critic. Most of us are more mindful of, of our sins. Paul said that he was the, the chief sinner. What does that mean? He, it didn't mean that he was a serial killer. It just means he knew how sinful he was because he knew himself better than anybody else. And the reality is we all know our own sins better than anybody else. But every now and then you have those days where God is shining his grace on you, shining his light on you. You ever have one of those days where you just know that you're living into who God made you to be? You're being, if you're married, you're being the spouse he called you to be. If you're a parent, you're being the parent he made you to be. You're being the son, the daughter, the friend, the brother, the sister, the worker, whatever it is that you're called to do, whatever your gifting and your talent is. Come on, do you have moments like that? I hope you do. I hope you have days every now and then where you catch a glimpse and you give yourself a little bit of grace and you feel like, yeah, this is me living my best self. How many of you are thankful those days? Are you, are you, are you with me? Are you thankful those days? Now, here's what I'm trying to get you to understand for just a moment. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand for a moment. Jesus' work on the cross, the cross in us, transformation, it's about God fully forming you and shaping you into the person he always knew you could be by his grace. 
That's the beauty of the cross. His ongoing work in your life, all throughout your lifetime until the day you stand before Jesus Christ, a finished work, complete, made new, transformed, completely transformed. It's working in you to make you into that person, restoring that person that he always knew you could be by his grace. It's one thing to be forgiven. It's another thing to become more and more the person who God called you to be. And let me tell you, that's what Good Friday is all about. That's why we call it Good Friday good. It's not just about something that happened 2,000 years ago. We thank God for that. But it's something that we need to embrace on a regular basis, something that still has the power to change us. It's not just about going to heaven one day. It's about experiencing the cross every day in the here and now. And so I want to invite you to pray with me for just a moment. Pray with me for just a moment because I believe tonight God wants us to encounter, encounter the cross afresh. We're not just looking back tonight. We're not just remembering, oh, we're thankful. We're thankful for the cross. We're thankful for what Jesus endured. We thank you for what happened 2,000 years ago, but I believe tonight we have a fresh invitation from God the Father to experience the cross in us, the transformational work of the cross in our lives, in our hearts, to redeem us, to restore us, to change us, to transform us. Come on, to take the parts of our lives that have gotten stale and old and broken and dead and to breathe new life into us. And so as you bow your head for just a moment in this sacred moment in God's presence tonight on this Good Friday, let me ask you this question. What would that look like for you? What would that look like for you? Cross in you, the cross in you, not just a cross you sing about, not just a cross you read about, not just a cross that you wear in a necklace around your neck, but to experience transformational work of God in your heart tonight. For those of you who are believers, who have walked with Jesus, who know Jesus, who know this truth, where, where has the cross gotten stale to you? Where, where has the story gotten so familiar? I, I, let me just tell you, all throughout this day, all throughout this day, there's just been a sense of, of the goodness of God. There's just been a sense of his grace in my life today. I came in here and just worshiped with you tonight in, in tears, just thankful for the cross all over again. We need moments like that, church. We need moments like that, where God wakes us up and reminds us of how good His grace is, how good His mercy is, how well we've been loved. So let me ask you, what's the need? What's the sin? What's the struggle? What's the, the area of, of forgiveness? Who's the person you need to forgive? Where's the area of brokenness where you need the cross to come into your life afresh today? Let's pray into that. Let's pray into that even now in this moment. You know what it is. The Holy Spirit will show you, Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross on this Good Friday. We thank you that it's not just a cross that we, we sing about. It's not just a cross that, that of 2,000 years ago, but it's a cross that, that is fresh for us today. It's the cross in us today. It's the transformational work of your son, Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit in our hearts today. And so we receive the cross into our lives afresh today. God, where, the, where there's brokenness, bring wholeness. God, where there's bitterness, bring tenderness. God, where there's lust and pride and greed, bring love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness self-control and, and gentleness. Father, do your work in our hearts tonight. May your grace cover us afresh. We don't take the cross for granted tonight, but we thank you that it changes us. God, we thank you that you're working in our lives. And it's about transformation. Every person in this room who trusts you, who walks with you, Father, don't let them be discouraged tonight, but let them know that they are a work in progress. And you didn't just come to save them from something, but you came to make them into something. A son a daughter, a child of God. We thank you for that. Thank you for the power of the cross. And now I pray for the person 
who tonight would say, Jesus, I want to know you that way. Pastor Jeremy, I want to know God that way. There's, there's something in my heart, even now as you're, as you're preaching, there's something that tugs on my heart tonight. I would love to know God that way. I would love to have that kind of relationship with him. But if I'm honest with myself, he feels a million miles away. It's been so long since I've felt his presence in my life and I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, let me just tell you, you came to the right place tonight. And we believe if you're sensing that, that is the gentle touch of a loving God who is drawing you to himself by his son, Jesus Christ. He's inviting you to come home as his child, as his son, as his daughter. And it simply starts with you saying, yes to Jesus. And so if that's you tonight, I want to invite you right now just to pray this prayer with me and just give Jesus your yes. Would you pray this with me? Jesus, I give you my yes. I'm saying yes to you tonight. To know you. To walk with you. To love you. To have a relationship with you. Pray this with me. I believe you are who you said you are. The son of God. That you lived a sinless life on my behalf, that you went to the cross to pay for my sins and you were resurrected to give me new life. And I turn from my sin tonight and I place my faith in you. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person who prayed that prayer tonight for the first time, for the hundredth time. God, I thank you that whoever's in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. And we celebrate new life in this place tonight. And we give you worship and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Can somebody put your hands together? Give God some praise in this place tonight. Amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.